Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Brilliant. Just brilliant. So a former cabinet minister, George Eustace, who campaigned for Brexit, has just declared that a trade deal he helped negotiate, one with Australia... Essentially, the only meaningful trade deal that Britain has done since Brexit was, and I quote, not actually a very good deal. Let's hear what he had to say. And that is that unless we recognise um, the failures that the Department for International Trade made during the uh, Australia negotiations, we won't be able to learn the lessons of future negotiations. And there are critical negotiations underway right now, notably on CPTPP and on Canada, and it is essential that the Department for International Trade does not repeat uh, the mistakes it made. And so the first step is to recognise that the Australia trade deal is not actually a very good deal for the UK. Uh, it wasn't for lack of trying on my part. Indeed, as my old friend pointed out, there were things that we achieved, um, a, a special agricultural safeguard for years 10 uh, to 15, staged liberalisation across the first decade, the protection of British sovereignty in uh, SPS issues. Uh, it's no surprise that many of these areas were areas negotiated either exclusively or predominantly by DEFRA uh, on behalf of the uh, UK uh, team. But it has to be said that overall, the truth of the matter is that the UK gave away far too much for far too little in return. Uh, George, you said something a little bit different at the time when you signed the deal. Let's just remind ourselves what you said. But look, Australia is a very important partner of ours. Uh, it's important that we get a trade agreement uh, with them. Uh, it is, of course, a smaller uh, economy and um, the opportunities uh, are therefore not as large as they would be with a, a large economy. But nevertheless, Australia's important allies and this is a good uh, agreement between us. Oh, great. So when you're actually in government, you could have, I don't know, resigned on a point of principle if you thought the deal was so damaging for Britain. Instead, you went along with it. And only now, when it's literally too late, uh, now you point out that it's not a very good deal. Brilliant. So now, I mean, Liz Truss, who actually was overall in charge of negotiating these deals, now she actually ignored warnings that post-Brexit trade deals with Australia and New Zealand would shrink Britain's farming and food sectors risking hundreds of millions of pounds and also thousands of jobs, including overall, and this was a, the result of a freedom of information request uh, that the former Labour Trade Secretary, uh, um, Emily Thornby, put in, um, a 3.5% nearly shift in employment away from semi-processed food sectors from the Australia deal and a 2.69% shift from the New Zealand deal. Now, these are kind of abstract statistics and figures, but that actually means real people having their jobs taken away, their livelihoods hit as a consequence of what George Eustace calls a not very good deal. Now, most deals that have been negotiated with other countries, because the government go, well, we've negotiated lots of trade deals. This is great. They're essentially just rollovers. That is, they're regurgitating, regurgitated versions of existing deals that Britain already had under EU membership. Now, we all remember, or should remember, the promises made by the Leave campaign uh, during the referendum, and that was 
included that trade with the EU would be tariff-free and involve minimal bureaucracy. <laughs> mm. Tell you one thing that you can say about trade between Britain and the EU, quite a lot of bureaucracy now. And as you can ask, I don't know, haulers transporting goods between the EU and the UK or business travellers who now need visas. Now, of course, the big kind of linchpin of the you know, this global Britain, this free trade in buccaneering Britain, rule Britannia on the waves all over again, was a US-UK trade deal. That was one of the key benefits, supposedly, of leaving the EU, and one we were led to believe would be swift. Now, a leaked UK document in 2018 assumed that a US trade deal would boost UK GDP by, wait for it, drum rolls, 0.2% in the long term. So that's over many years. More than offset, of course, by the overall damage inflicted by the Tories' version of Brexit on the economy. Now, in fact, back in 2021, um, the chair of the Office for Budget Responsibility, uh, he declared that the impact of Tory Brexit on the economy would be worse than that of the pandemic, that in the long run it would hit GDP by 4%. Yeah, 4% being more than 0.2%. And, of course, that's net overall. Now, this is has to be seen in a broader context of 12 ruinous years as far as growth and living standards, of course, for millions and millions of people. Now, we've got the worst growth, worst economic growth, the worst GDP growth of any G7 country. They're the big industrialised powerhouses, um, if you like. Now, when the Tories came to power, the average Briton was as well off as the average German. They're now on average 15% poorer. It was today revealed that real wages have again fallen, with the highest inflation, of course, still raging for 40 years. And as I keep pointing out, because I think this statistic explains so much of the turmoil and misery this country has endured over the last 12 years, is that we've had the longest squeeze in wages for workers since the Napoleonic age. That's quite a long time ago, by the way. This is a... All of this has to be seen as part of a package. The slash-and-burn austerity measures, which never needed to be implemented. They were implemented when uh, borrowing, the cost of borrowing was low. And we were told, ah, well, if we don't do these austerity measures, then we'll have our uh, credit rating slashed, and then the cost of borrowing will soar. Well, because of austerity measures, we had our credit rating slashed back in 2013, and the cost of borrowing continued to f fall. So we had these slash-and-burn economics, which undermined by definition, people's standard of living. They made people poorer, both in terms of their living standards and the public services that exist to support them. And at the same time, we've had this Tory form of Brexit. The overall net impact is a massive assault on living standards and economic growth. And as George Eustace points out, for what? For these stupid trade deals, which don't benefit, of course, the average Britain, but do the opposite. Please like, subscribe. I'll see you next time.